here we are again. Another loss, another game where the Reds scored one run. Remember a year ago? Actually, I think it was two years ago. Or maybe it was three years ago. Maybe it's every year that I've ever been a Reds fan. Everybody's always complaining about one-run losses. Well, how about one-run games in which the Reds only score one run? It's really annoying. And I decided I needed some help talking about this Reds team today. I have my friend and yours, Stephen Offenbaker, from the Reds Alert podcast. Joining me today, we're going to just be miserable together, I, I, I suppose. I don't know. We're, we're going to talk about this Reds team here in just a moment. Before we jump into that, though, I wanted to let you know that you can check out the Locked On MLB podcast with Paul Francis Sullivan please call him Sully, right after you get done listening here. Don't stop listening to Locked On Reds just yet. After we're done, go check out Locked On MLB wherever you get your podcast as Sully brings you baseball information from the past and the present because, I mean, if there were walking encyclopedias in the world, uh, Sully would be one when it comes to baseball. That's the Locked On MLB podcast wherever you get your podcast. Let's get going. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. If you're not already following the podcast on your favorite podcasting app, what are you doing? I'm just kidding. You should do it right now. In fact, because there's people who do, and I thank them, and I would like to thank you too. So make sure you follow and subscribe if you're watching right here on YouTube. You can also follow me on Twitter for some takes, whether they be good, bad, or not even about baseball, at Jeff Carr with three Fs, and you can follow the show at Locked On Reds. Speaking of Twitter, let's bring him in at S. Offenbaker. Steven, except I don't call you Steven. Does anybody call you Steven? Um, for the first five minutes and then it's just Steve. So we'll just roll with that. <laughs> hey, this is great. I've never done the video side of things before. So not only can I go with my aloha, but I can be like aloha and exactly. throw the shotgun, like, double shotgun, everybody. It's going to be here it's, on video, Jeff. It's the first time I, I I've talked to you so many times on the show before that this is the first time I'm just, I'm still getting used to the video aspect of things and I'm glad I could bring you on board today. Well, I'm and and I appreciate it. I'm glad to be here, and uh, I appreciate you actually trying to brush through what little bit of hair you have left since you didn't wear a hat today, as I've been encouraging. Well, I mean, I had the head on backwards yesterday. It didn't help. They still only scored one run and lost. But uh, yeah, no, I, uh, I I thought I wear hats sometimes, and sometimes I think people want to see my flowing locks. So. I mean, you know, well, as you know, I don't have thing. I don't have flowing locks, so it's it's a hat. Otherwise, the reflection would be just absolutely too much for the viewers today. Well, and right now my hair does not uh, really represent at all how I'm feeling. Let's go like that. That might. Yeah, that's kind of the way that I'm thinking right now about this Reds team. Another one run performance. And to be honest with you. Joey was the only guy who stepped on third base and he did it because he hit a home run because he tied Frank Robinson for the all timely. We'll, we'll talk about that in just a minute, but let's talk about this game as a whole, because this wasn't even a left-handed pitcher. This wasn't even the guy who's been dominating them recently, as in the unimpressive left-handed dude. This is was an unimpressive right-handed dude, and he still dominated this lineup. Well, what, what is going on right now? 
You know, I think it's a culmination of factors, Jeff, in that, you know, we're in September. The Reds are playing meaningful baseball in September. Uh, it's a full 162 game season coming off of that shortened uh, COVID season. Uh, I think that fatigue is a big deal as far as the hitters go. Uh, you know, we talk about guys that are playing a game for a living and, you know, the baseball players of today are in much better shape than they've ever been at any other point in time in major league baseball history. But you know, 162 games is a very, very long season. And I think what we're seeing is some of that fatigue setting in Uh, that. And you know, it's, it's hard. I think mentally uh, as this season has progressed, there are, there've been many, many times, many, many games that, this team has been in games only to see uh, the bullpen woes get in the way and cost them victories. Uh, this is a this is a team that should be in the conversation for fighting the Brewers for the division lead, but they're not because of you know choices that the front office and ownership have made, and you know that's mentally draining on top of the physical fatigue. So I think that's really what we're seeing with the lineup right now. We're going to get into some ideas about what they could do to rectify it in the off season. Hopefully they are even thinking about rectifying some situations like this. But when I look at this, you've got a lot of guys and it's interesting because on Brenneman and Jones uh, the other day, Marty brought this up is that all these different guys who have been, you know, cut or waived by multiple teams, not just one, but like these guys who didn't work here, didn't work there. So maybe they'll work here. And they've relied on so many of those dudes this year that sure for a minute, some of those panned out for a minute. Heath Hembry was good for a minute. I think back in June, maybe may Brad Brock was good. And uh, last night he showed, you know, he's still coming off the injury. He's still not back into his groove or whatever the groove actually was with Brad Brock. And honestly, whenever he gave up that home run, I mean, you look at the pitch, it was a backdoor slider low and away. It's actually kind of a smart pitch against a guy who's had a rough year all season. But Jason Hayward is a consummate professional who's been playing baseball for a while, and he's going to get his eventually. And that's just what happened there. I, I look at that and I say, you know, you just got beat. But on the same token, like, was that the right guy to really call on in the 10th inning before an off day? No, it wasn't the right guy. There, there's no, there's no good, sound, reasonable explanation that David Bell could give as to why he went with Brad Brock in that situation, especially considering that they're off today. You know, if if we're me, and I mean, nobody's ever going to put me in charge of a Major League Baseball franchise, but if we're me, I run Givens out there for a second inning. And if he gets into trouble, if there's a problem, then I make a move. But, you know, his, his inning that he pitched in the ninth was relatively easy. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a rough inning. It wasn't a suspect inning from him. And he had today to rest. This is, this is pennant race, race baseball. You, 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 can't, you can't try and save him. What the hell were you saving him for? It, this is now, right now. They have to win. We're down to 23 baseball games, I think, at, at this particular moment remaining before this season is over. 21 baseball games. Uh, 21 games starting tomorrow. So there's no reason to save anyone. You put your best guys out there in whatever the situation warrants it. So uh, Brad Brock is not your best guy. And, you know, I'm sure you're probably going to want to get into what they can do with this bullpen. But the the frustrating thing for me, both offensively with this lineup and with this bullpen, is there are moves to be made right now that if, if you can't look at them on paper and say they will be better, at least they have higher upside than what's there right now. 
you can't tell me that Dowry Moreta is not at least on paper, a higher upside option for this bullpen than running Brad Brock out there. There's just no, there's no reasonable sound explanation that anybody in ownership, the front office, or the manager can give for not putting the best players in the best situations right now for the next 21 games. It's definitely been a struggle for them all year long, starting in the offseason when they decided they didn't need to go get a shortstop. You know, maybe they made offers on guys, but I kind of find it hard to believe that they were competitive offers because people, different free agents in the past, like Castellanos and Mostakis, have said how attractive an option, attractive a franchise it was to come here. And, you know, they left out the part if the money was right, because obviously the money was right because they signed. Obviously, the money wasn't right for Marcus Simeon or Angleton Simmons or something like that. And you can say, well, Simmons has had a bad year and Gregorius has been hurt a lot. So it's kind of hard to say that the Reds really missed on those guys. But the Reds really did miss on Marcus Simeon, I believe, because that dude's had an amazing year. He's in the conversation, at least. I, I don't know how deep in the conversation because Shohei Otani is just so far away better than anybody in the American League. But Marcus Simeon is in the conversation for one of the best players in the American League. And the Reds just were like, yeah, nah, we don't want to pay that much for him. It's, it's fine. So they, they really made their own bed on this. And I know that Kyle Farmer has kind of stepped up as a shortstop, but I would definitely he, rather have the production that Marcus Simeon's had. That's, that's for has, sure. has, has Kyle Farmer really I think up? So. I think because so. if you I look, think. if you look at Kyle Farmer, let's, let's talk about Kyle Farmer for a minute, because this is one of the problems in the lineup right now. Kyle Farmer slash line is 239, 260, And mm-hmm. currently on that, and that's over the last 30 days. That's his, that's his slash line for the last month. Uh, if you look at his performance overall in the season, just, something quick and dirty. We'll do his OPS plus. He sits at 80 right now. So he's 20% below league average uh, park adjusted. So he had an amazing month that really got our attention. Defensively, he has performed much better than I think anybody expected him to. You know, a lot of us, me included, were getting the hate likes from him early in the season when we were talking smack. Now he went out there and he has played, he has played the position well as far as, you know, not embarrassing himself, holding his own. I think I heard Kirby talking the other day that maybe he's the second or third ranked defensive shortstop in the National League right now. Uh, I'd have to go verify that, but that sounds about right. So in the field, uh, he's not been a liability, and especially given what Suarez did over there early on in that experiment, uh, you know, you take okay. what you can get. But they, this is, again, one of those times where the the front office has – within their ability right this minute to make changes to this roster that will benefit the team in a playoff push in a stretch drive. You know, Jose, Jose Barrero should be on this roster right now and you can, you can plug and play him. And if you want to stick him in left field, why winkers out, I don't care. He should just be here. He should be here to be able to move farmer. If you're just, you know, dead set on having farmer play every day, you can scoot farmer over to third base and put Barrero in at shortstop and your defense comes up where, you know, neither Suarez nor Mustakis are giving you much of anything right now. So there, there's options right now that at least on paper, worst case scenario, they give you the same thing you're getting right now. And best case is you've made an upgrade pushing through these last 21 games. That's a fair point. I, I have talked about how much I've liked what Kyle Farmer's brought to the table, but there is plenty of argument to be had that it could have been a lot better with different options and things like that. I want to talk about some more slumping reds, and unfortunately, we're talking about slums. We're not talking about good stuff, but uh, we, we've got some of that coming up in just a minute, and I want to look into the future a little bit with you. 
Steve. I know you've got a uh, crystal ball for me. Before we get into that, though, I wanted to let you know that uh, it's interesting because I share a bed. Now, I know this is going to sound really awkward, but I share a bed with a Pro Bowl quarterback, an Olympic swimmer, and a national women's soccer star. Let me explain. When I heard how many elite athletes sleep on Molecule Mattress and call it their best sleep ever, I ordered one for myself, and they're spot on. Molecule Mattress is amazing because of the way that it's constructed. When you take a look at a Molecule Mattress, it's cool to the touch. It's not like any other foam mattress it has six times the airflow of my old mattress so it keeps me cool all night again something that i like because i kind of get a little bit warm and it's not just because brad brock gives up home runs in the 10th inning it just happens when i sleep especially during the summertime it has zone reflex layers that adjust with me i know that sounds like analytics there but adjust with me in all my weird sleep positions so i never awaken with a stiff neck or sore back and it's antimicrobial. Molecule Mattress is how elite athletes and myself get the best sleep ever. Sleep on your Molecule Mattress risk-free for 100 nights. If you don't have your deepest, most restorative sleep ever, return it. Visit onmolecule.com. You can see it down here on the bottom of the screen. Onmolecule.com and save 20% with promo code locked on. That's on molecule.com and the promo code locked on. Speaking of checking out websites, check out directtv.com today to bring your television into the 21st century. Stop me if you've heard this before. You, you've got the game on television, you're watching highlights on your phone, you've got your tab streaming your favorite shows, and you have your best friends and neighbors log in for the good stuff. You're killing your bandwidth, number one. You've got, like, no bandwidth whatsoever. If anybody tries to do anything else, you're not going to be able to game. You're not going to be able to stream a podcast right now because you just you got way too many devices going. Take advantage of your smart TV today with DirecTV Stream. They bring everything under one roof, whether it be your favorite sports, movies, shows. You've got reality TV. You've got it all under direct tv stream you can bring your television into the 21st century by going to directtv.com today to learn more about direct tv stream this way you're not worried about how many different devices are all rolling at once you can use all on one screen direct stream at directtv.com thank you for your patience sir i appreciate that you know, uh, I got to tell you, Jeff, uh, when I heard you say that you shared a bed with a Pro Bowl quarterback, <laughs> my first thought was, well, that explains why Mrs. Hanekar is always in such a good mood. But then, <laughs> but then you went and clarified it. So, okay. Yeah, you know, I, I had to clarify things like that because otherwise uh, people might get the wrong impression, <clears throat> like what you just did. Um <laughs> When we're talking about, well, see, now I'm in a good mood. This is, uh, I'm, I'm rather be in a good mood talking about the Reds than in a bad mood because recently they've been putting me in a bad mood. Uh, so let, let's talk about real quick before we get back into the whole slumping Reds and things that aren't fun. Let's talk about Joey Votto for a minute because I love talking about Joey Votto. He gone on a homerless streak until last night i think of 16 games is what i saw reds media relations say which was a season high for him that was kind of indicative of what all the slumps that reds are going through right now but with that home run 
he ties Frank Robinson. And there was a comment. I know that our good friend, Doug Gray always says, don't read the comments, but I happen to read this comment that, um, somebody was talking about the idea of guys contracts working out and why it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. If Nick Castellanos walked at the end of the year, which I, I, I don't want to even think about that, but it's, it's probably going to happen, but I don't want to think about it. Um, he looped Joey Votto into a group of players whose contracts didn't work out. I don't know why. I I think he's probably one of, if not the best player in the Reds history. I mean, you could probably say that it's either Joe Morgan or Frank Robinson, Joey Votto, um, Pete, um, some other guys like that. There's definitely an argument to be had here. So where does Joey Votto set for you when you're thinking of the best reds of all time somewhere in the top three jeff uh Mm -hmm. to say that his contract hasn't worked out is is pretty ridiculous i mean let's just look right now this minute uh joey Votto turns 38 years old on friday and he's gonna have 30 plus home runs this season as a 37 38 year old major league baseball player that takes very few days off uh, you, you go look through and I don't have them in front of me to, to quote them all, but if you just jump on reds.com and look at franchise leaders and any particular offensive category, Joey Votto's name is there. Uh, Joey Votto has delivered time and time and time again. And the, the, the thing with Joey Votto, the, that has, I think really just, it boggles my mind that he is so undervalued and unappreciated in, in this city that tells everyone that it's a baseball town. Anybody that you talk to that's a Cincinnati Reds fan will tell you about the rich history and this is a baseball town and we love our Reds and we know our shit. We know our stuff. Sorry. We know our stuff. And then they go out and bag on Joey Votto. And you can't – both things can't be true. You cannot be a well-educated a lifelong Cincinnati Reds fan and not understand that you have been watching for this man's entire career, one of the top two or three hitters to ever put on a Cincinnati Reds uniform. Yes, I said it. I will say it again. He's a better hitter than Pete Rose. He's a better hitter than Johnny Bench. He's a way better player than Tony Perez. There, there, there is no question in my mind. And don't talk to me about RBIs and don't talk to me about being the heart that drives a team to a postseason championship because the Big Red Machine was a collection of, of some of the most, the most out-of-the-box at the time players for their position in the history. You not only had a guy that was redefining the position of second base, you had another guy that was redefining the position of catcher, and, and you had one of the best defensive shortstops at the time when, when AstroTurf was taking over, and, and Davey Concepcion comes along and teaches everyone how to play the game on that surface. So You'll never see a team that You'll good. never see it like that again, again. because it, the yeah. economics were different, the times were different, everything was different. So, you know, I am really just tired of, of this town not appreciating what they've got in Joey Votto because I'll tell you this right now I don't know if in this market with this particular ownership group that seems to have no interest in selling and getting out I don't know if we'll ever see that again I don't know if we will ever see another career hall of fame career in one uniform in this town so you know it's it's not going to last much longer folks enjoy it now go go do some research read up on what Joey Votto really is and then enjoy the last little bit of time we've got with him here in Cincinnati 
Dude, exactly. And, and it's going to be, uh, I'm going to be sad. Like I, I think of how his career will probably kind of have like a, a year, like one of those tours or something going around and getting gifts from everybody, which by the way, next year, that one dude who plays for that one team that the Reds are going to go play this weekend. And he happens to wear like catcher's gear and all this other stuff. I hope that the Reds get him like an autographed Brandon Phillips Lexington legends Jersey for his farewell gift or whatever. Anyway, that's, that's all another podcast. Uh, but when I think of Joey Votto in the end of his career, I'm going to be super sad because I'm agreeing with you. I don't see anyone. I, I mean, it's a lofty goal, lofty expectations to put anyone coming up through the Reds farm system right now, any rookie who's currently playing. I don't want to put that on them, but I don't know that there is anybody that is going to be as good as Joey Votto has been throughout his career. And I think that the number one argument that anybody seems to fall back on outside of like the RBIs and all that crap is that he didn't win. Look at Mike Trout. Mike Trout is the best player in this game. And I know that he's been hurt for most of the year, so you haven't had to see him play. But you look at Shohei Otani, a dude who is absolutely on fire. He's got the most home runs in the major leagues. He's one of the better pitchers. He's not the best. He's not at the top. But because of everything that he's putting together, he absolutely deserves the AL MVP. The Angels are nowhere near the playoffs. You Just because you are an amazing player does not mean that your team will win. And I hate that argument, too, because I've heard that argument before. Well, the Reds didn't win anything during his contract. That's not his fault. And that's not like you look back on Griffey. That's not his fault. You look back on, and I hate to say this because this was a failed contract. You look at Homer Bailey. It's not his fault. You, those guys who get the flack for the big contracts. It's not the player's fault. It is the team's fault. The front office's fault. The ownership's fault who didn't build around them, who said, all right, we signed our guy. We have our guy. We will win now because we will put other players with pulses on the field to play with him. And because he is here, we will win. And I just felt like it's been such a disservice for his entire career and I really, that that's the one thing that I keep thinking about with this red slump right now, where they are struggling to maintain that second wild card spot. I feel like they need to do this, not just simply for this fan base, but for Joey, for a star who is going to be a hall of famer, who they've dragged along through his career and said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Th that's the other thing about the rebuilding. It's like, they told us fans, they're like, we're going to suck for a couple of years, but bear with us. We'll get better. They told that to Joey. He had an MVP year in 2017. They were nowhere near anything competent so far as a team wise, like making the playoffs, something like that. So I, I think that it's just disingenuous and it's completely missing the mark. If anybody is looking at Joey Votto and saying that they think that he's not as good as other people think he is. And they think that his contract was a, uh, a, um, a weight around this team's neck. And I think it's just, it's ridiculous. I don't know. I, I had know, to have that talk though, because no, he sure. was the only reason that the Reds scored runs last night. And I, I think that he deserves his day of praise. Well, take that out just a little bit bigger because more so than, than, than he did that in that one game, you know, since the all-star break, really yeah, when they yeah. needed him the most 37 year old Joey Votto picked up this major league baseball franchise, put it on his back and kept them relevant and kept them in it. So that we're even talking about a stretch run playoff drive right now. 
That was Joey Votto. That was 37-year-old Joey Votto when most people believed that he would just be barely scraping by and 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 just hoping that he wasn't going to embarrass himself. Uh, not only did he come out and reinvent himself, but he picked up this franchise and is the reason they are relevant. Just, just think about that for a minute. Yep. At 37, at the tail end of this contract that everybody agreed that, well, you know, towards the end, yeah, he's probably not going to be earning that money, but he sure earned it up front. He's earning that money right now. Mm -hmm. and, and the thing about that is too, like you think of superstars, guys who have surefire hall of fame careers at that point in their career. Like, I mean, you can look at a dude that they're going to welcome to great American ballpark next weekend in Albert Pujols. Albert Pujols is, yeah, you can say what you want to say about his career as an angel. And he kind of took a step back and things like that. He's a surefire hall of famer for, for real and playing with the Dodgers. It's like when he hits a home run, it's like a plus. Nobody is expecting Albert Pujols to do anything for that Dodgers team, except you know, pepper in a home run here at Bush stadium to kind of rub it in the Cardinals fans faces, or, you know, maybe a really big pinch hit double or something like that. That's all that they're looking for from him. The reds keep looking at Joey Votto year in and year out. Like, dude, can you do this for us? Because we're not going to try. Otherwise, I know that they brought in Castellanos and Moustakis and guys like that, but they waited so long in his career to do that. And I feel like they owe it to him to win a playoff game, much less Oatoa fans. No, he's, he's batting cleanup, Jeff. Yeah. Joey Votto is batting cleanup. That's, I mean, I think that tells you everything you need to know about what he means to this he's team awesome. right now. He's awesome. I, I, I think it's hilarious that anybody would put any sort of blame on him. But I will say this. The, the biggest reason that the Reds have struggled is that Jonathan India has struggled. I want to talk about him for just a minute. Um, and I've also got some thoughts about the offseason that I want to bounce off of you and see what you think is going to happen. But before we get into that, I've got to tell you about our sponsor, betonline.ag. They have been a huge sponsor for us for a while. I've been telling you about them. If you're looking to get off the bench and get in the game, there is no better way to do it. I trust them as the only sports online sports book that I trust, and you should too. You can set up your profile today at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get 100% more on your initial deposit and i got another promo code for you tonight the nfl kicks off you got the dallas cowboys and the tampa bay buccaneers a uh re-engineered dak prescott is coming back to face tom brady who's a million years old and will never stop playing football and tom brady's favored by like a billion points because they think that the buccaneers who didn't lose anybody and brought everybody back are going to kick the tails off the cowboys and I tend to agree with them. And if you agree with them, too, you can go check out that game with the promo code NFL 100. You can wager up to $25 on either the Cowboys or the Buccaneers. And if you lose that bet, they'll give it to you back. And if you win that bet, then, well, you win money, too. So go to betonline.ag today. Set up your profile. You can check out great lines on the NFL coming up this week, as well as Major League Baseball. You've got futures still for the NFL. You can bet on win totals for teams. You can bet on awards and things like that. Check it out today at betonline.ag. And when you set up your profile, you got two pro codes locked on, gets you 100% more on your initial deposit. And NFL 100, you pretty much got a free bet on the Cowboys and Buccaneers at betonline.ag. Speaking of great websites, the next time you need a 
part for your car, go to rockauto.com. They've got all the parts that your car will ever need. Whether you're talking about a Honda Civic from this year or a Chevy Camaro from like 1960, they've got parts for your car. If you're trying to restore that classic car, they can help you out. And if you just need a brake pad, a brake light, a, uh, let's see, like a turn lamp. If you need carpet too, they've got all of that. And if you're not really sure how to find that, they can help you out. They've got an easy to use interface and they've been doing this for over 20 years. And it's all about you because they will deliver that part to your door. So you don't have to get out and get anything. That's rockauto.com. And when you're checking out in the how'd you hear about a section, type in locked on to let them know that your pal Jeff from the Locked On Reds podcast sent you. That's rockauto.com and let them know that Locked On sent you. Rock Auto has all of the parts that your car will ever need. Steve, I appreciate you been talking with me all day long on this wonderful podcast today. I, having you on and just talking about this Reds team has been so, so good because here recently it's been, I don't even want to know that I say frustrating because it's been frustrating for about a month now. So you just kind of wake up and you look at the Reds and you're like, do something. Speaking of doing something, they got a lot to do this off season. And if I can, for a moment, look into the future, hopefully we're talking about a red team that won a wild card game and got to the NLDS. But before we can, or, but you know, with all of that in mind, there is lots that they have to decide on. We're talking about the futures of a couple of guys who have underperformed or not performed in Nixon Zell. What are they going to do with them? They've got some extensions that they need to think about on the managerial staff, and they've got some extensions that they might have waited too long to get too much of a discount on with some of their key players, but they could probably still get some kind of discount if they look at that extension this year. For you, what is... All right, well, I think we all know what priority number one is, and his name is Castellanos, but... Outside of Castellanos, what is the top priority for the Reds this offseason? Well, this is going to blow your mind, and maybe this goes under the the hot take header, but uh, I don't think that Nick Castellanos is the number one priority. I think that whatever is going to happen with Nick Castellanos is entirely in control of Nick Castellanos, and and uh, he's going to do what he's going to do, and he's going to make the best financial decision for him and his family, and I just don't see any real scenario out there where the best financial situation for him and his family is to remain in this contract. Uh, I think it's pretty much a foregone conclusion at this point that he'll opt now. Now, does that mean he's leaving? Maybe not. Maybe that, you know, Castellini will just shock us all and, and figure out a way to bring him back. I don't see it going that way. I think he's going to get a, a qualifying offer. I think he's going to go sign someplace else for big, big money and uh, the Reds will get a pick and that's a successful contract. Nick Castellanos' mm-hmm. contract with the Reds was a win-win deal. It got Castellanos some money. It let him establish that he's the real deal. He's going to be able to go into free agency and make big bucks. And the Reds got high-quality performance out of him. They got uh, a pick back for losing him. Uh, it's a win-win. Uh, the number one priority for me is locking up a couple of the guys that are nearing the end of team control. They need to get Luis Castillo locked up. They need to get Jesse Winker locked up. Those are the two. An offensive and a pitching priority for me is those two guys. Those should be the people that are getting deals as soon as possible. And I agree too. I, I know that there's a lot of people that say that it's important about David Bell. It's important about Derek Johnson, but I show you a team with a good management, uh, and I, or I show you a team who has a good management staff 
that is successful. And I tell you to look at their roster. They have good players on that team. You, you can have the best managers in the world, but if you build a team with waiver claims, that team's not going to go very far. Luis Castillo and Jesse Winker are huge parts of this team's success. We've seen it. I think that's probably one of the bigger reasons why this lineup has slumped altogether is the absence of Jesse Winker. I know that it, it, to say that one dude being out of a eight-man lineup shouldn't really break that lineup, but he has been pretty much their best hitter all year. I, I know you can look at home runs, and he doesn't have the most home runs, but OPS, I think he still leads the team in OPS, even though he hasn't played for a little bit, and hopefully they can get him back. I think he's supposed to start a rehab assignment this weekend, so hopefully they can get him back uh, at some point next week because they need him and they cannot mess around. I, I worry that they've messed around already with Luis Castillo with the idea of trying to get Luis Castillo on the cheap. I think now you're probably looking at a discount of like 15% as opposed to like if you're going to sign him whenever he's about to become a free agent. But with Winker, you're kind of still at that point that you can get him for a team friendly deal. And I know it sounds weird for us advocating players making less money, but I'm advocating for the Reds to be smart and be proactive and do things that they don't normally do. I, I feel like the proactiveness that they had with Rysel Iglesias wasn't all that proactive. And I know that saying that name just, you know, brings up, you know, all sorts of um, many, 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 many issues. <laughs> yeah. All sorts of stuff there, but you know, they tried with him and I, I don't want them to look back on that and say, well, see, we did this once before and we will never do it again because the rays do stuff like this. This is what the rays do. The rays like lock up their dudes for as long as they need them. And then they trade them for important pieces that will help them out immediately. They're, they're so smart about doing that. I would like the reds to do more of that thing. I, I don't necessarily know that with uh, the man in charge who is more of a fan than he is any sort of analytical expert, how um, deep is he going to go into that sort of a plan? But I think that it definitely needs to be considered. Well, and the thing with Jesse Winker, I mean, you have to realize that the the injury to Jesse Winker coming when it did not only created a problem offensively while you're in the middle of a, of a pennant race, but the injury to Jesse Winker actually exposed uh, some of the poor decisions and problems that have, have been developing in the background all along. Uh, it exposed the fact that Shogo Akiyama is the bust. I mean, he's just not the guy that we thought we were getting. He hasn't made the adjustments, uh, which has kept him from cracking the lineup. Uh, it has exposed the fact that Nick Senzel has basically been missing in action since he was called up. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not, picking on Nick because he is hurt. I mean, if you're hurt, you're hurt. I'm not questioning his toughness like uh, some within the Reds organization have done. But the fact remains, he's not there. Uh, it also exposes that what Aristides Aquino is a great September a few years ago. That's what he is. Yeah. Uh, he is that We're not getting that again. It, I think there's a now a big enough sample size to say he is not in – the the long-term plan for this franchise so what is exposed is where we thought we had outfield depth we actually have a lack of outfield strength so jesse being out has exposed that there's not a next man up to even come remotely close to to filling that production so we need jesse back we need jesse back yesterday but 
to, to your question, that also demonstrates a need to lock Jesse Winker up and keep him around here while you go out and find some supplemental pieces and bring up the next guy and make sure that there is a next man up, that there is somebody to come in. Because I think that Nick Senzel's days in a red uniform are over. Uh, he, if ever there was a candidate for a change of scenery trade, it is Nick Senzel this offseason. Clearly, uh, the the front office has no confidence in him. And if I was Nick Senzel, I would have zero confidence in the front office. So yeah. I think that trade is coming. So that's really what that's about. And that's really why, you know, everybody wants to say, well, you know, they're rich. Billion-dollar franchise. They have money. You know, I, I say that to some extent as well. But at the end of the day, even the Yankees have X amount of resources. There is, you know, there are resources that you need to allocate and whatever that number really is, we're never going to know whatever the truth of that situation is. No one's ever going to tell us, but whatever the resources are, you've got to allocate them wisely. So for me, it's Winker and Castillo. That's the wisest allocation of your offseason dollars. I'm with you because I mean, you talk about looking for solutions in an outfield depth situation. As much as I, I like the Reds kind of taking advantage of this loophole, Delino De Shields is not the answer. He's not the guy that you want to pin your outfield depth question on. He's not going to be that guy. I, I like that he's here, but he kind of reminds me of whenever they went out and they traded for Brian Goodwin, except they gave up more for Brian Goodwin than they did for Delino De Shields. But I mean, Goodwin didn't really do much for him either. It's. it's They've been searching for outfield depth forever, and they cannot seem to find it. And they don't really have anybody coming up in the minor leagues that's going to help out. I think we would have seen TJ Friedel by now if if they thought that he could do any sort of better than they've got out of Aristides Aquino or Shogo Akiyama. But instead, they go outside the organization for a son of a coach to bring him in. And I... I don't know. Did that move bother you? I mean, I know it's your show. I'm going to ask you a question anyway. Um, Did that move bother you? Because to me, it felt like, you know, if we were the Pirates, if we were the Cubs, if we were any of these other, if we other teams that have already thrown in the towel for the season, that's a great feel good story. Yay. Let's bring the other coach's son. Let's let them be in the dugout, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We're in the middle of a damn pennant race, Jeff. I, we have to have been able to do better than Delano DeShields. You know what it is? It's it's like when you were in school, when I was in school, because I did this, where you it comes to the deadline for your project, and you come up to the teacher and you're like, "Yo, teach, hey, um, I had something come up, and I couldn't uh, I couldn't complete the project in time. Can I get it to you tomorrow and just like take a letter grade off?" This is what happens whenever Nick Crawl says that the trade deadline day. He, I, I don't want to say it was relaxing, but. Uh, yeah, whenever he says things like that, because when you are relaxing on trade deadline day and you miss the boat and you realize you probably should have been doing something about your outfield depth situation, then you come up to the fact that you're past the trade deadline. You can't do anything about it. And then you're like, wait, 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 where's the rule book? Where's where's the loophole? How do I figure this out? We don't have the non waiver trade deadline. Oh, non 40 man roster. OK, we'll look for some dude who has not played for his team all year because he's not on the 40 man roster and we'll bring him in and he'll solve everything. That's the, that's the thing about this. It's, it's a feel good story. When you look at the fact that he's the coach's son, it's a weird story. When you look at the fact that not even the Red Sox felt that he was worthy of bringing up and putting on the 40 man roster and they're a team that's in a pennant race. So why on earth would the Reds who are also in a playoff race think that they could do any better with this dude? 
it's a little a little bit uh i mean i mean am i looking at that too bleak no i i agree with you i just i mean like i said if if we were in pittsburgh right now and had absolutely nothing to look forward to or cheer about then i'd be like oh okay yay coach's son they're in the dugout together hug hug it out feel good story whatever uh you know disney will make a movie about it it'll be great but in, in this case, this is not where we're at right now. And it, it just bothered me a little bit. It just, the, you know, if that's the best move that could have been made, okay. But I just don't think that it was. And I think you hit the nail on the head. It all goes back to, to Nick with his feet up on his desk on, on deadline day, not answering the telephone. That's, I think, really what it comes down to. Seeing his phone ring. And I, I can imagine he's like sitting there playing like Angry Birds or something. Well, that. That's a daily reference, wow, but Jeff. whatever <laughs> he's like sitting there and he's and, and like pops up like, Hey, uh, the, this GM's calling. Oh, come on. I'm, I'm trying to play a game. Oh, this GM's calling. Get out of here. I'm trying to play a game. You know, I don't know. Something like that. I just, I thought that that was the weirdest and, and he did it with Buster only. It's not like he was talking to Bobby Nightingale or, or Charlie Goldsmith. He wasn't talking to Mark Sheldon. He's talking to a national dude on a national podcast. And he's like, yeah, you know, whatever pretty chill pretty chill around here <laughs> not a lot I happening i swear if it were easy uh everybody would be a reds fan um it's just yeah like like you think of feel good stories on teams that aren't competing for anything i think back to a couple of years ago whenever you had john farrell as a special advisor to the general manager and so they went out and they got his son luke to pitch out of the bullpen yeah didn't you think you were going to hear about a Luke Farrell reference here on the Lockdown Reds podcast today? That's going to do it for us, though. I'm going to have to get out of here talking about Luke Farrell. Um, <laughs> Steve, I appreciate you coming on so much. It was short notice, I know, but I uh, appreciate you being available and talking about this Reds team and uh, coming on so many different times and getting to talk about them. Hey, you know, I'm always down to talk Reds, good, bad, and ugly. I'm I'm always down to talk about it. I still I still say all this to think I still have still have a belief that they will make the playoffs uh but it's just we we got to we got to harp on them a little bit you know cuz they deserve harping <laughs> um he is Steve Offenbaker. You can follow the Reds Alert podcast. He ha- he always has great interviews and great guests on to talk with him. Uh, what what you got coming up this week? Uh, this week is actually just me for one of the one of the rare rare times that I don't bring somebody in after you did that whole great guest hype there. But uh, just me this week. Uh, we're waiting on uh, we're waiting on a date uh, to confirm that uh, that Ryan Cassianos is swinging back by. Also, uh, we'll have Chris Welsh before the end of the year and maybe Sadak one more time. Uh, just kind of trying to get all of the logistics of that uh, hammered out because all those guys are really busy right at this particular moment, but we'll have them all on and hopefully uh, be able to talk about a, a wild card game preview and maybe an LDS uh, to cover. So uh, that's what we're looking forward to. Uh, again, you know, I'm over at Reds Alert podcast. We're on Twitter at Reds Alert pod and we're anywhere you're getting your podcast, wherever you got this podcast, we're there as well. He is Steve Offenbaker. Steve, thanks again so much. And thank you, everybody, for listening, for watching. Make sure you're following, you're subscribed, you follow me on Twitter, all that good stuff. This has been the Locked On Reds podcast. Now, I, I mentioned betonline.ag earlier. Go check out the Locked On Bets podcast. They've got even more in-depth information for you to make some cash at betonline.ag. It's Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcast. But as for me, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow.